Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode of SFF Yeah! is sponsored by Libro FM Audiobooks. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore, and you can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. So you're getting the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be supporting your community instead. So if you're new to audiobooks, they're a great way to get more books into your busy life. And if you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, you can check out recommendations and curated lists from the people who know audiobooks best, local booksellers. Listeners of SFF Yet can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one month. Go to Libro.fm, L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter code BR3. And with each listen, you can take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. Welcome to SFF Yeah, a podcast dedicated to all things science fiction and fantasy. This is episode 48, and we are recording on March 9th. I'm Jen Northington, and I'm here with special guest author C.B. Lee. Lee is the author of The Sidekick Squad about a group of superpowered teenagers, and she is here to talk YA sci-fi and fantasy. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're very excited. We actually, I was looking through our old show notes and um, Sharifa talked about your book on our recent LGBTQ SFF uh, oh, show. Gosh, so, so exciting. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, I'm so honored. Well, they're such good books. So we're very delighted to have you on and, and to sort of talk about why uh, from the author point of view as well as the reader. Sure. Yeah, I'm so excited. Excellent. Uh, let's see. So before we get into our news item, I want to tell y'all about our sponsor, The Bird King by G. Willow Wilson, which is available now from Grove Press. I am pretty sure that we have talked about Wilson's books before on this show. And if we haven't, we will in the future because they are great. Um, and this new novel is a fantastical journey set at the height of the Spanish Inquisition from the award-winning author of Aleph the Unseen and writer of the Miss Marvel series. Uh, the Bird King is a jubilant love story. Uh, oh, excuse me, a jubilant story of love versus power, religion versus faith, and freedom versus safety. The novel follows Fatima, the only remaining Circassian com- concubine to the sultan, and her dearest friend Hassan, the pa- palace map maker, on their quest to find the mysterious, possibly mythic island of the Bird King, whose shifting boundaries will hopefully keep them safe. This is an interesting direction, I think, uh, for Wilson to go in historical fantasy, so I'm super curious about this book. And if you are too, it is available now. Again, that's The Bird King by G. Willow Wilson, available from Grove Press. Thank you for sponsoring the show. All right, let's see. What news story do you want to talk about first? Um, I want to talk about the Night Circus. All right. (laughs) So this is one of my most favorite books. It's just because it's so lovely and written in such this like beautiful prose and it's such a beautiful story. Like it's like intertwined between multiple points of view, even second person point of view. And it's just this like, like 19th century circus magic, um, you know, destiny tied together with like your family and love. And it's, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. And it's really interesting. I think 
I think it would be really interesting to see how it'd be adapted, especially since it's like the producers of Harry Potter. And so just seeing that magic come to life because that, that's the real power of like the medium between, um, you know, that visual medium and getting to see like, you know, that whole world. Yeah, it it is such a visual book. Um, I remember thinking when I read it for the first time that it would be a shock if it didn't get made into a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they have recently announced the director, um, who is Jeremy Jasper. I'm not familiar with his work, um, but it looks like an interesting match. Um, he is the director of the Sun San, excuse me, Sundance Sensation. That's a tongue twister. Uh, Patty Cakes, and so um, yeah, and then right as you said, the producer of the Harry Potter movies is involved. And so, yeah, I feel like it could be, it could be really interesting. I worry always that the pictures in my head, especially for something as, you know, fantastical as that circus will not make it convincingly to the screen. But now that, you know, CGI is so much better and we have so much technology, like probably it'll be fine. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing with adaptations. Like I feel like for me personally, the book will always be the book. And like Mm -hmm. the movie is like, a new way to enjoy it, but it's, it doesn't like change how I feel about the book. And so like the movies will be like a totally different experience. It's funny because like I was talking with a friend who had watched all the Harry Potter movies and was a big Harry Potter nerd, but had started with the movies. And so, Mm. Uh, he had seen all the movies and then started to read the books. And so he, he had like a different appreciation of the movies. Whereas like, I remember as like a teenager going into the movies, like, mm, that didn't happen. How come this didn't happen? <laughs> and like being very critical as like a judgy teenager. And like, I was, I think I, I didn't enjoy it. I definitely didn't enjoy it as much as he did or appreciate it in a different way, just because I was like looking at it from like, oh, it's my book. Like, I love these books mm. so much and it didn't translate to my head. But um, yeah, it's. I think it's just, I feel like now I'm like less, I have much more chill about like adaptations <laughs> because it's it's just a new, it's a new medium. It's a different medium. And like, you know, if it's, enjoyable in a totally new way and yeah yeah you know (laughs) no i like that that's a very healthy perspective i think um because it's true they're never going to match up exactly so you might as Mm -hmm. well treat them as two separate things Mm -hmm. that makes sense to me Mm -hmm. um all right let's see for the next thing what do i want to talk about oh i want to talk about this lord of the rings show update so we've been following this as it's sort of been developing and the update is that the um they recently announced or you know did another teaser map of middle earth with the tagline welcome to the second age and if you are like a tolkien head uh you will know that that refers to things that happened in the silmarillion not to people or characters from the Lord of the Rings trilogy or even the Hobbit. Um, So all of those rumors that were spinning around about like, oh, we're going to get young Aragorn. Like, nope, we are probably (laughs) almost definitely not getting young Aragorn. We might get Isildur, but we're not going to get Aragorn. Um, We probably will get young Elrond, though. I feel like we will definitely. Yeah, I feel like we're more likely to see the elves and people that we know have a very long lifespan. Yes, right. May- oh, maybe young Galadriel. I would be on board Ooh. for that. That just occurred to me. That's exciting. 
But yeah, anyway, so that's the that's the latest. I mean, we still know almost nothing about this show. Um, but now we know that it will be the uh the second age. And so if you're feeling like you need a refresher, there's always the Silmarillion. I I you know, I have a long running discomfort with Amazon because I used to be an independent bookseller and their business practices are not the best. Um, but they're just making it really hard for me <laughs> these days because they have picked up so many properties that I'm curious to see how they get developed. And, you know, one day they're going to break me. Um, and maybe this will be it. I don't know. If there's a lot of young Galadriel, that will definitely break me. I, I will not be able to resist that. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have feelings about it? Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm always down for more Middle Earth. I think... It will be a fun, fun, I don't know, just more content, more fun things. I think there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of opportunities for, you know, either to draw new people or to the world or just to continue to learn more about it. And I think there's, there's some, there's a lot of shows I'm interested in. So I'm just, you know, it's cool to see where it'll go and just, you know, for, cause there's so many platforms now that are like, Hey, we're like creating mm-hmm. original content, um, or we're creating this new show. And so everyone's trying to like create their, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, every, you know, every network is now like, Hey, we're going to have this content on our streaming service. And I'm interested to see where mm-hmm. that will go as far as like, as a, you know, as a consumer or watcher, like I don't want to go to like 10 different places <laughs> to watch. Right. show so it it's one of the reasons why i haven't really caught up on like the new star trek because i haven't i you know i i don't want to like purchase a streaming service just to watch one show yep yep yeah i feel you on that i am the same way um i'm hopeful that like past seasons will make it at least to itunes or something because mm-hmm. i'm more willing to rent shows or season passes on itunes than i am to have a thousand se- streaming subscriptions <laughs> yeah but I think it's it depends on the hook of like the content too. <laughs> it's like yes, exactly. Where I'm exactly. like I've seriously thought about it. Where I'm like, oh, I really want to watch it. Or like even with like um, Titans on, mm. um, which is on Hulu now, I think. Mm. Um, but like I was like, oh my god, I love I love um, you know all the like Teen Titans. I love all iterations of them, and so I was really excited to see it. And you know, so that's kind of you know, there's there's so much content to see and all of my decisions about like what I'm going to watch and consume it based on how much time I have. It's just, you know, comes down. It's to, overwhelming. Yes, there's so it many choices. <laughs> yeah. Too, too many good ones. It's a nice problem to have, but still a problem. Uh, okay. Where, where should we go next? What do you want to talk about next? Good omens. Oh yes. Let's talk about good omens. Did you watch the trailer? There's a new full trailer. Out. I did. I am so thrilled for more Aziraphale and Crowley shenanigans. Like just, <laughs> they just, you know, it's fantastic. Just like the their dynamics so far, and just it's. I'm so thrilled. Yeah, I have been also keeping an eye on this one and another Amazon Prime PS uh, thing. And so it's a mini series that they've adapted um, from Good Omens. And uh, Michael Sheen is Aziraphale and David Tennant is the Demon Crowley. And there is it is like a very star-studded cast. Um, John Hamm, Nick Offerman, Benedict Cumberbatch, like Miranda Richardson. It's it's kind of bananas, actually. Um, and th- this trailer, boy, it was a good trailer. <laughs> There's so many good moments. Some of which we've seen before in the teaser trailers but yeah this really looks great it looks great i'm i read this book gosh 
It feels like a million years ago. I read it for the first time when I was a teenager. And I think it was my first Neil Gaiman or Terry Pratchett, actually. Um, but I haven't reread it since. And now I feel like I need to. It was my first one of theirs, too. Yeah. Aww. It was really good. That's it was nice. just, uh, it was just so much fun. And it was like mm-hmm. the first book I read that had like a gajillion footnotes. And I was like, oh, these are so fun. And like, Oh, yes. I forgot the nice prophecies of Agnes Nutter, right? <laughs> All of the footnotes. So good. So good. Um, yeah, I do. I am probably going to have to reread that, but it, it does look great. It just looks great. Um, we've got a link in the show notes to the trailer if you have not watched it yet, but it should be interesting. So that's coming soonish. May 31st. Um, that is that's like soon. almost to- That's practically tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, I'm excited, boy. but I'm also like, wow, am I prepared? Am I ready? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a question. It's a valid question. Um, let's see. Let's take a moment to talk about, we don't exactly have a news story link for this, but um, I know that you are excited and it ties into what we're going to talk about later. Um, some of the new Star Wars universe books that are coming out. So talk to me about that. Yes, I'm so excited that we're getting so much new content um, and such in like a great, uh, timely manner with so like you know we have the new the new trilogy and all these amazing books so most recently I just picked up Queen's Shadow by E.K. Johnson who's also written the Ahsoka Tano books and um, it's a Padme standalone book it's amazing and we kind of go really in deep into like the political underbelly of the galaxy it's fantastic and then upcoming we have new books from Zoraida Cordova and Delilah Dawson that really will learn more about like the galaxy's edge universe and that really ties in well with like the whole new area of like Disneyland that I am so thrilled for. Yeah, it's amazing to me how many amazing authors are getting pulled into this. Like Daniel Jose Older did the Han Solo standalone book. And mm-hmm. yeah, and, and I hadn't really thought about it as a YA sort of property, you know, Star Wars as a YA property previously. But then I was thinking about, you know, A New Hope, which is totally a YA story, actually. Yeah, absolutely. When we think about like, you know, how do we think about like young adult literature and like science fiction? Cause there's a lot of crossover. There's, there's a lot of YA lit that is sci-fi and, and fantasy mm-hmm. and there's sci-fi and fantasy. That's YA obviously. And I think that comes down to like, you know, there's that Venn diagram of like, you know, um, people <laughs> who kind of look down on young adult fiction. And so there's, um, you know, that dismay on like, oh, it's not real literature or whatever. But it, there's so many fantastic themes and, you know, incredible works within, um, you know, that's written by and for young adults. And I think it comes down to society, like dismissing like young people in general. And yes, um, A New Hope is all about like, like, do we ever have a confirmation of how old Luke is? He's fairly young, right? He's. I think he. I, he's got to be meant to be a teenager. I think. I mean, mm-hmm. in my head, he's like eighteen at the most. But I guess. I guess I don't know for sure. I don't know that. Yeah, he's. It's such a coming of age story that it feels yeah. very young adult to me. And you know, the new solo movies and Daniel Jose Oder's books are definitely aimed at like, you know, a young audience because those, those particular stories and the themes of like figuring out who you are and your place in the universe, like literally, um, mm-hmm. that's, that's very YA thing. So I'm excited that like so many YA authors are writing Star Wars books. I would love to write a Star Wars book. Just putting that out there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, Disney, give CB a call. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, well, this is a good moment to talk about what you are writing. That's not Star Wars. What are you writing? Sure. Um, I'm working on the Sidekick Squad series, which is um, a series about a group of um, teens. Um, they're all queer. Some of them are super powered. Some of them are not. But it's basically about um, these group of friends as they take on a corrupt government superhero agency and kind of build a resistance around that. And it's very solar punk and fun. And there are a lot of shenanigans. There's some romance. Um, but you know, we've talked about, um, yeah, it's just mostly lighthearted dystopia. (laughs) Well, it's not really, well, okay. It is kind of, kind of a dystopia, but like I call it solar punk because it's, I'm focusing more on like the rebuilding aspect and the hopeful aspect and how kind of society after this like huge post-apocalyptic event has rebuilt itself. Yeah. I love, I, first of all, I would totally agree that you, if you have managed to make a dystopia fun, which is, um, and I love that you used solar punk cause that's a, that's a term that I'm just starting to see become more well-known. Um, it's been sort of on the down low, I think for a while, but yeah, my understanding of it is like you said, it's, um, using like looking forward into the future, but imagining positive, futures and positive ways to use technology instead of just like, you know, Terminator-esque wasteland fiction. Yeah. And like, there's like a huge farming movement in my series and a big focus on like sustainable technology. Um, And there's, you know, the series and we kind of look, definitely look more into it in the newest um, in the series, which is Not Your Backup. And it's coming out in on June the 4th. Um, But we kind of take a closer look at all these different um, factions that are slowly kind of rebuilding the planet. Nice. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Let's see. I think that is a good moment to wrap up our uh, news segment. So I'm going to tell you about our next sponsor and then we'll get into our book recommendations. Um, Our next sponsor is Epic Reads with We Set the Dark on Fire by Taylor K. Mejia. Um, And this is about a young girl named Daniela Vargas. She is at the Medio School for Girls where distinguished young women are trained for one or two one of two roles in their polarized society. And depending on your specialization, a graduate will one day run a husband's household or raise his children. Both paths promise a life of comfort and luxury far from the frequent political uprisings of the lower class. And Daniela is the school's top student, but her pedigree is a lie. So she has to keep the truth hidden or be sent back to the fringes of society. And school could not prepare her for the difficult choices she must make after graduation, especially when she is asked to spy for a resistance group that is desperately fighting to bring equality to Medio. So will Danny cling to the privilege her parents fought to win for her, or will she give up everything she strived for in pursuit of a free Medio and a chance at a forbidden love? So that is, sounds great. Um, This book is very buzzy. I've been seeing it all over the place. And if that sounds like your jam, you should definitely check it out. Again, that's We Set the Dark on Fire by Taylor K. Mejia. Thank you for uh, sponsoring the show to Epic Reads. Okay, so I wanted to start off this segment with a little chatter about the general state of sci-fi fantasy in YA and also specifically how superheroes fit into it. Because I... I always classify superheroes as science fiction, but I don't think I am. I don't think everybody does. So I'm curious where you put them. I 
I mean, I generally put them in SFF because SFF <laughs> contains, I mean, speculative fiction contains sci-fi and fantasy. So depending on how you classify things, because many people will like, you know, categorize Star Wars as a fantasy just because of like the themes and like force magic. True. But like, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it's a science fiction because there's spaceships, but there's also these elements and like, you know, it's all words are made up. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, True. Um, for me, like superheroes, there's like, I feel like they're very science fiction-y to me because we have those elements of, I mean, well, I guess it comes down to like, how are you defining the, like the, their abilities or their powers? Mm-hmm. What makes them super? What's the catalyst? Like right. when you think about like, oh, in the Marvel universe, you have all these characters, but some of them are magical. So, and some of them, you know, their origins are very, tech, you know, um, sci-fi. So like, you know, from like, um, engineered spiders to, you know, someone who inter- inherently it is, it is magic. Right. <laughs> so, right. So like there's, it's as a catch all. I, I did have, I, I was invited to speak at like, um, a science fiction event once and this, this older dude, he came up to me after the panel and was like, so you write superheroes. I don't consider superheroes science fiction. I was like, okay. They, like, And then like internally, I'm like, thanks for telling me. Yeah. Um, and then he went on to be like, the only things I consider science fiction, and he had like a very, very specific list. The only things I consider science fiction are time, are like time travel, uh, spaceships, and robots. Well, and- my dude, I have news for you because <laughs> half of the time, time travel is magic. Like, exactly. talk about things that depend on their mechanism, right? Like, yeah, is, it, yeah. is it a time turner or is it the TARDIS? Like, yeah. these are, it's not one thing. Oh exactly. So it's, it's, it was like a very interesting way to see things. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's a very specific point of view. But, I, you know, s- superheroes, I think, also have has evolved as its own category in oh, a way because there's, there's, it has become its own like kind of mythology because like superhero and like when I say mythology, you know, we kind of think back on like these heroes are larger than life. Everyone loves like, you know, this kind of epic hero's journey. So it's, if we're mm-hmm. looking at thematic tropes and it is a similar journey when you think of like a fa- you know, a fantasy where you have like a hero discover a calling and they, they go on a journey, but Within superheroes, the like people who write about them and and draw comics for them and create movies and there's there are specific themes that come up because it comes down to and what I like writing about them is that like within like within the idea of like what makes a hero, you have all these other ideas about like identity like do you tell people who you are like how does this play into how you see yourself and like how do other people see you and um how do you define that like Mm. expectation and how people and then there's comes down to like oh is it like secret identity who do you tell is yeah so (laughs) and then like power and who like a big theme in my books is that like there's there's an organization that's called the Heroes League of Heroes, and they literally tell people what they're worth. Like mm-hmm. your power level rates you as an A class or a B class, and like that's that determines like are you going to be the hero that's on the cereal boxes and the commercials and get all those like ad sponsorships, or are you like the hero, like the hometown hero who like gets the like job, you know, like 
you know, they, they classify people and tell you based on like how cool and flashy your power is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. There are so many, um, sub questions in the superhero genre. It makes total sense to me that, that it could be its own category. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we're seeing more and more like novelizations mm-hmm. of, of superhero media as well. So, uh, in addition to like, so we have like comics and graphic novels and a lot more like specific, like there is the, like the Wonder Woman books and like mm. now that, um, you know, there's a lot more opportunity. I guess like people are just like, Hey, let's like find all the, all the readers, all the right. ways to enjoy, enjoy <laughs> these stories. Absolutely. Um, oh, so to go back to science fiction, fantasy and YA, I have a question for you too. I have seen in my own reading, and I've seen some posts about this online as well. I think Fonda Lee wrote a great post about um, the sort of minimal amount of science fiction in YA, whereas there's a ton of fantasy. Do you feel like that's true? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's hard because there's not like, you know, if you, if, if you sat down, like how many books are technically fantasy, how many books are technically sci-fi mm-hmm. and how you define things. But I think they feel like there's more and more like I would technically I guess how you define like is it like hard science is it like like are people or like going into this science fiction novel expecting like oh I need there to be spaceships if there aren't spaceships then it doesn't it doesn't do it for me but that's like one person's you know that if that's not your thing that's not your thing but um there's a lot of science fiction that's like oh we're using this concept of um I mean it's more of a contemporary universe that uses a science fiction element. So mm-hmm. like example, like, Oh, um, so like there's a series by Taylor Brooke called Fortitude Smashed and they have, um, it's a soulmate universe. So everyone has, has a counter where you count down and find your soulmates. Ooh. Um, but that's like kind of an element within a contemporary world that utilizes it to tell the story. So mm-hmm. that's, it's more of a like, contemporary romance in that aspect, but it uses that element. Um, so what so, I'm hearing is that categories are kind of meaningless ultimately, which I, mean, I, think I, I like agree the, with. They're meaningful for like, if you like finding a book and like, yes. like how does the book get labeled or like, how do you, how do booksellers and librarians know where to put the books and mm. direct them to like new readers. But it's also comes down to like, like, again, like words are made up and how do we say like, this book is definitely science fiction. This book is definitely fantasy. How does it cross the line? Like, I love like Fonda Lee's series, which is definitely like, it is, it is science fiction, but it's also like, okay, you have the powers of Jade. You can harness the powers of Jade. Yes, like that feels magical yes. to me, but it's, yes. it, there's it, the Jade cities. It's still it's a, such a good book, but like for me, I can't like draw the line. Like, is it science fiction? Is it fantasy? Like it's, it's a mixture of both. Yeah. Well, yeah. I started using science fantasy as a descriptor this mm-hmm. past year mm-hmm. because so many books are both, which yeah. I love actually. I love it when the streams get crossed. I love yes. having, you know, some peanut butter in my chocolate. Like I'm yes. on board yes. for all and of those combinations. Especially when you do it in like a really fun and like different way. Like, oh, I haven't seen that before. Like right. um, I'm using magic to control this spaceship or, right. <laughs> or yes. stuff like that. And I just like, read two of those and I loved it. Really? <laughs> that's yes, so exciting and like I feel like everyone everyone is like you know their books are like blending genres crossing genres taking elements from different genres and like I like my romance with some sci-fi I like mm-hmm. you know 
my sci-fi with romance. I like yes. my sci-fi with fantasy. I can, you know, like my sci-fi with historical. There's there's so many ways you can go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More the more the better, really, is yes. I think where we're we've landed, which I would agree with. Um, well, cool. Do you wanna so we picked some of our personal favorite sci-fi fantasy YA to talk about. Do you want to go first? Sure. Um I'm really excited about The Baker Thief by Claudia Arsenault. Um, Adele, who's our main character, she is a detective and she's on a quest in kind of a contemporary France, France, uh, contemporary France that's kind of magical, um, that, you know, and there's this new technology where this like magical exocore will like power your house, but a lot of them have gone missing. So Adele, her, she's just transferred to a new precinct and she has, um, she's trying to catch this thief. That's like kind of like the scourge of um, the local law enforcement. And Adele is also crushing on this super sweet baker um, that she like she stops by in, um, in the bakery for like croissants and coffee and um, hangs out. And the baker is like a mask presenting dude named Claude and she's totally has a crush on him. And um, Adele also, when she encounters the thief, she who is like a femme presenting um, person and like they have a lot of like sexy tension and like back and forths with like, you know, this cat and mouse kind of game as they try to as Adele tries to like catch them. And you probably are thinking along the same line, but yes, it's true. Um, the thief and the baker are the same gender fluid persons. So um, it's a really fun, um, exciting uh, mysteries, uh, mystery romance uh, with a lot of like political shenanigans and science fiction. Oh, I said it again. Fantasy, but it is kind of both because it's, it's like technology and magic blended together yeah. magical technology um so yes that's that's my fantasy recommendation <laughs> amazing i definitely want to read that that sounds fantastic um let's see so my first pick in the more like science fictional slash superhero realm is dreadnought by yes. april daniels right Love so that good so much oh yay um i do want to give a trigger warning for abusive parents and transphobia um for this book it's got some tough moments in it but they're very well handled i thought um so this book is about uh danny who like is hanging out behind a mall um just minding you know their own business when a superhero crash lands next to them and like gives them all of their uh powers and in the process danny who um has was born you know male um gets to finally become the female that she has been all along like her body is totally rerouted and you know transformed in the course of absorbing this power um and so now danny is finally a girl which is amazing um but it's not so like the transition is instantaneous but of course going back home into you know regular life is much less smooth so now not only do like the people around her have to adapt to her new presentation um also she has to struggle with like how does she use these powers and how what does what is she supposed to do with them and how does she handle them and you know all of the expectations and you know assumptions that the people around her are making and it's so oh it's such a good coming of age and it's also such a good superhero story like there's a big bad and there's all of these action sequences and there's like a really 
sweet sort of friendship per, you know, moving into romance territory. Um, and I just thought it was amazing. I really loved how, I don't know, just, just like fresh and interesting and, and unexpected this book was. Um, I just got totally sucked into the world and it's the first in a series. So there's a bunch more, which sadly I have not read yet. I'm so behind on my series. Um, but yeah, I really, I loved this book. It's so good. And April Daniels does such a great job of um, kind of presenting like a, you know, Danny, she's always, you know, oh gosh, it's it's really great about like navigating identity and how, you know, she, you know, she, her world changes, but she's always, you know, she's always had the strength and this power and yeah. And the second book, Sovereign, is also out. They both came out very like... They're both available <laughs> and it's, I'm so excited that it exists and I'm glad that we're having more and more like more and more LGBTQ superheroes mm-hmm. as novels, as media, in media, in content for people and especially written by like queer authors and yeah. it's great. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And this book is so smart about the way it handles those things. And and I get clumsy with my pronouns, so I apologize. Um, uh, you're not trying to describe it. But um, but yeah, I just and I just loved the characters. Like they're all so well fleshed out and they're so interesting. And even while you're like super mad at some of them or super loving others, like they all have such interesting presences and complexities. So it's not like, you know, superhero b- stories, I think can sometimes feel a little flat, you know, if, if everybody is too like cardboard cutout villain or cardboard cutout hero, um, which is actually personally one of the problems I've always had with Superman. Uh, but you know, Daniel's like for sure does not have any cardboard cutout characters. Like all of these characters are really well fleshed out and, and yeah, I, I just loved it so much. It's a fantastic series. I highly recommend it. Nice. What's your next book? Um, my next book t- uh, for recommending, it's funny because we're all towards more superheroes, oh, right, right, um, right. which is fantastic because there's actually more queer superheroes. So if um, this is in the Heroin Complex series, which if you don't know, it's amazing, written by the absolutely wonderful Sarah Kuhn. Um, Heroin Complex is um, about um, Evie Tanaka, who is a... Um, She's the assistant to a superhero, Avita Jupiter, who's like this like very glamorous, um, amazing superhero and like they're friends, but their friendship is like, there's like some un- unhealthy dynamics with like how Evie is like her assistant and she's always in the, the shadows and Evie actually has incredibly powers of her, incredible powers of her own. And so that whole series and everyone's like, um, they're all like Asian American superheroes. So we have like a Japanese American character, a Chinese American character. There's, and like everybody in, in that series in that world is so like fleshed out and wonderful. And, um, I can't recommend it enough, but the particular book I'm excited about, um, is, uh, a new novella in the series called Unsung Heroine. And so it's about Lucy Valdez, who, if you remember, is the personal trader in, um, to Avita Jupiter in the in the series. And it's a great, I'm so excited because when Sarah announced it, I was like, oh, it's like um, an FF romance and like there's karaoke and lots of cute and fluffy shenanigans. And I'm so excited. 
<laughs> That's so exciting. I love that series too. Um, I am also behind, but uh, the first one just like, it, I, I think I read it on a vacation and it was perfect. Like it was fluffy, but it was smart and it was really witty and the characters were so fun and yeah, big fan. Um, yeah. So I'm definitely excited to hear that there's a novella. Do you know if it's digital only? I don't know if it will be in print. So far, the pre-order is Kindle. Gotcha. So it might be a digital only, but we I don't know. (laughs) That's fine. Sorry. Didn't mean to put you on the spot there. No worries. Um, Yeah. I'm excited. It's there's there's going to be it's the first of two, I think, novellas, but um the heroin complex series is getting there's gonna be another trilogy in these these two novellas kind of to bridge the gap. Ooh, very exciting. All right, let's see. My last book is Labyrinth Lost by Zoraida Cordova, who we talked about a little bit earlier. And this is the first in her Brooklyn Brujas series. Um, Also, multiple books are out in this series, and I am behind. I'm behind on everything, (laughs) y'all. But this first one, another amazing, amazing new book. And it is, I think this one is solidly contemporary fantasy um, while we're talking about categories. So good. I love it so much. The whole Brooklyn Brujas series. Yeah, so Alex is the main character and she is born into uh, a family that has, you know, generations of magic. So she's a bruja and she's also the most powerful witch in her generation. Um, But she hates magic. She wants nothing to do with it. She wants like to be as far away from it as possible. Like as far as she's concerned, nothing good has come out of this. And she just would want nothing more than to not have any magic at all. Um, And on the day there's her death day celebration, which is sort of the day that she's supposed to come into her power. She actually performs a spell to get rid of her magic, but it backfires horribly. So her entire family, you know, vanishes and she's left alone to try to figure out what has happened. So she ends up going into the underworld with this guy, Nova, who is a brujo, but she doesn't really know him that well and doesn't really trust him, but he keeps turning up and is around and there's some chemistry there. Um, So they go on this adventure together into this underworld that's so lush and amazingly imagined. It's so unique. Um, There are just these creatures and these, you know, perils and obstacles that they have to face. And it's fantastic. And then um, actually one of her friends shows up from the regular world in the underworld as well to help her complete the quest. And, um, and it, it gets, everything gets really intense. Like the romance part of it gets intense. The action part of it gets intense. The family part of it gets intense. And it really is all about, like we were talking about coming of age earlier. Like it really is about figuring out how to balance the expectations of those around you and like the abilities that you might have with how you see yourself and, you know, ways that you might be blocking yourself or ways that, you know, others might be blocking you. Like, how do you navigate that? Um, So it's just so good. It's a really good sister slash family story too. Like she's got these two sisters and their family dynamic is really lovely and amazing. Um, And yeah, it just, it gave me a lot of feelings as you can probably tell. (laughs) Um, It is also a great queer love story and And I just thought it was, yeah, so much fun. So much fun. I really look forward to reading the rest of them as soon as I get a little space in my my TBR pile. Although it feels like with new books coming out every day, that's never going to happen. But um, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. So yeah, that's uh, Labyrinth Lost, which is the first book in the Brooklyn Brujas series. 
Have you read the other ones? Yes. The second one is so good in a totally different way because I, yeah, I, Bruja Born is so good. Um, I was so excited. So I was one of like the early readers for this and I wanted to scream about it with everybody, but I couldn't because the book wasn't uh, like, it wasn't out yet or, or announced, but now that it is and it's out in the world <laughs> and what if I can like scream about how much I love it so much that and Alex's book, like Alex and Lula are just so different people and the mm-hmm. way their approach to magic and how it ties to themselves and like Lula's magic is like kind of tied to like healing and like, um, and she's left, um, dealing kind of like with the aftermath of Alex's, um, Alex's, um, Alex's journey that left them all in that underworld. And like, it's, it's so good. And Zoraida is so talented and the, the books are just incredibly lovely. I can't wait for it to see more to come than the, the romances and the, I think Zoraida just handles like her characters incredibly well. And everyone is so like, you root for them and you're like screaming over their heads about like, yes, do it. You can, you can do it. (laughs) So good. Awesome. Well, and I think that is our show. So thank you so much for coming on and talking uh, all things sci-fi, fantasy, and YA with me. This was really fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And thank you all for listening. If you have a chance to leave us a rating and or a review on Apple Podcasts, we super appreciate it. It helps other folks to find the show and we love to see the feedback. Um, and you can find us on social media. I'm mostly on Twitter these days. It's Jen IRL, Jen with two N's IRL. And where can people find you? Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at CB Lee underscore CB Lee um, at both places. And you can find me on at my website also at www.cb-lead.com and yeah that's where I am on the internet awesome and we will talk to you all next time thank you bye